What happened to it, Uncle Adam? Did it get broke or something? Welcome to the Let's Not Panic podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia. We're trying not to panic. Today's episode is brought to you by Mac Weldon, the only people who make underpants stink proof, proof enough for Adam. <laughs> I just wrote that one down. You like that? Yeah, it's pretty anyway, good. But he'll tell you all about them later. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. Exactly. It is our home. And Shadow performed pretty admirably in the last few days. It's been a pretty great home. She has. He has. She has. Okay, so Adam has this thing where he thinks that all vessels need to be female. Mm -hmm. All boats, planes, dumb. And also, Shadow is named after a male character. And like a, a pretty like butch male character (laughs) see maggie i think you're being just a little bit gender normative with those types of comments we're both being gender normative in one way or another but i think that my way is more interest or (laughs) is uh yeah more interesting well yours is more interesting and as always my way is better so (sighs) boom this marriage is over (laughs) um so we recently drove into one of the most remote parts of Colombia. Yeah, we left off at the end of last show saying like, we don't really know what the next step is. We're trying to go to the northernmost point of South America, mm-hmm. which is called Punta Gallinas. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Guajira region. In the Guajira region. And that region, it's a province of Colombia, is very, very desolate and very, very hard to get to. Mm-hmm. And we were unsure. We, we were trying to find a guide and we in- did find a guide in Rio Acha that could give us the information that we were looking for. Yep. Uh, we we went, um, it was funny, we actually ended up going to a di- the address of a different business that wasn't there anymore. It was well, a little let's unclear. Back up. This is still in Rio Acha. Yeah. Um, and we were looking for a, a tour group who potentially we could follow or who might know if anyone was going um, into Punta Gallinas. And so we looked in the Lonely Planet book that we've been using, and there was an address listed. Um, yeah, it it was an ad- address that um, it was actually supposed hotel. to be inside a hotel, yeah. and the hotel wasn't there. Nope. Nor was <laughs> Not the even a little bit. <laughs> nor was the tour agency that we were looking for, which was called Kai Eco Travel. Yeah. Which I saw. Well, anyway, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, but we did find somebody who was running a tour business right mm-hmm. out of that same location. And she gave us amazing advice. And our question was basically like, is this possible? Mm-hmm. And the very, very first thing she said was like, yeah. She, you know, like, what, what's your vehicle? And she went out and looked at the forerunner. She's like, yeah, absolutely. It's like, yes, excellent. Mm-hmm. How should we do this? And, uh, and she was like, okay, well, you could go alone, right? Like, yeah. you could just try to follow the GPS tracks. But it's very difficult and yeah. very treacherous. And she was right. So she gave us um, a lot of really amazing advice. This is this woman named Paula who owns a company called Historical Tours uh, that specializes in the Guajira region. And she was like, okay, so first of all, you're heading into uh, Wayu people territory, um, which is a group of indigenous, like the largest indigenous group in Colombia. Um that my understanding is that they're like a sovereign other group. Like they don't necessarily live by Colombian law. I think they're they're given a lot of leeway to make their own laws and govern yeah. their own land. And like, but for instance, the border, um, the Venezuelan border is really porous for Wayu people. They have dual citizenship. Yeah, in so, Venezuela and in Colombia. Yeah, right. Um which, you know, that's like a pretty contested border. Yeah, I wonder how it has been when the borders were closed. Was it also closed to the Wayu? No, that's what Sergey Sergey was saying was oh. like that they get to cross I see. Um, because the Wayu group is. Um, I think there's actually more in Venezuela than there are in Colombia. I see. It was like three hundred thousand, and there's like a hundred and fifty thousand in Colombia. Got and it. They all live in the Guajira region, or or like are concentrated there. Um, and so she was like, "Are you ready for the toll stops?" And we were like, "Come again." <laughs> And she's like, they make their own little toll stops um, and you have to give them like cookies or candy, go to a grocery store, pick up something for that and don't drive there past four o'clock. 
yeah they she said they just don't allow it and we're like what do you mean you can't drive past four like well they make their own rules and you can't drive past four (laughs) that was the most ominous thing she said she's like they don't live by our laws yeah what does that mean does that mean (laughs) they kill us which like no but i think it isn't taken well and once we saw it you could kind of see why because you're basically driving through their homes yeah you're driving through their yards um be like, maybe don't bug them at dinner time with your big stupid car kicking up dust everywhere. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but she said it in this like very <laughs> ominous way. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we had to kind of haul ass and rewatch it to get ready. Yeah, because we realized it was we had a. It was about two. A, we we ended up getting there at around five actually, yeah. but it seemed fine. Um, it yeah. was two when we left, and it was about four and a half hours. So we we hauled ass. Yeah. Uh, but that was definitely good advice. Stocking up on. Um, we wanted to buy healthier things or like higher quality things. So well, she we went had to told us explicitly to get sugar stuff. She yeah, said, sugar. Treats, get treats. Sugar stuff, but she said better would be panela, uh, which is just unrefined sugar cane that the whole mm-hmm. family can use in yeah. cooking. You can use it for cooking. It's more like buying a cooking staple versus buying a Snickers bar yeah. or what are cookies is really yeah. the thing that gets spread out a lot by visitors. Yeah. Uh, which isn't great for them. No. Um, but we'll get to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so, we also had to stock up on gasoline because yeah. there's no gas stations. There, So there's no gas stations after Rio Acha, But what they do have are black market gasoline from Venezuela. Um, and they're sold out of little bottles. Mm-hmm. You can like just empty see like water bottles. Empty, yeah, water bottles and soda bottles. And they'll just be hanging on strings in this little, on a little roadside stand. And... It's not great for the car. It's it, they're yeah. like you need to have a filter. Do you have a filter? And I don't have the filter yet. Um, I hope to not have to put that dirty gas in the car, but I don't think that's going to be reasonable. You probably are going to. I'm going to have to. Yeah, but usually they have the filter. Um, but we didn't have to buy that because the extra gas tanks came super clutch mm-hmm. and gave us enough range to drive all the way there and all the way out to the gas station. Uh, without filling up anywhere else. The kind of interesting thing about them hanging it up is, first of all, it looks kind of pretty, like <laughs> sort of artistic looking. Yeah. With all these like different sized bottles. Um, and the other thing was, I never knew what color gasoline was because it always goes straight from the pump into my car. Oh, what did you? I, I'm curious. I, yeah, <laughs> I, it wasn't even that I had an idea what color gasoline would be. Did you think it was black? Probably. <laughs> like, I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't really have an idea. I was just like, yeah. oh, that's what color it is. It's kind of like a pinky orange. Who knew? Yeah. It's, I guess lots it's, of people knew, just yeah, not me. I didn't yellow. know. It's yellow. I don't know. Pinky orange. It's that's like, what color it looked like. I think a pinky orange would is yellow. I'm trying to think of those colors. Huh? It's huh? like orangish <laughs> yellow. Yeah. It looks a little bit like urine. <laughs> Let's be honest. Unhealthy urine. Yeah. You need Unhealthy to drink a little bit more urine. water urine. If you were dehydrated and you ate a yeah. lot of beets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we filled up both gas. Yeah, we left Rio Acha with uh, 27 gallons of gasoline total. Um, we get pretty poor gas mileage, 13 miles per gallon. And you get a lot worse gas mileage when you're driving in 95 degree desert mm-hmm. up and down little mountains and little crags and through sand and all the stuff that we had to drive through yeah um but anyway logistics wise leaving rio acha we headed straight for cabo de la vela which is the biggest city she called it but that is a an elastic use of the term (laughs) um it was like probably 10 businesses do you say Something like that. It was a little bigger than that. It was. A, I would give it city status. There was enough I, of a road. There was enough yeah. of a main street that you couldn't see everything all at once. There That's was like true. a bend in the road, and you couldn't. You, you know, there was. Mm-hmm. It was about mm-hmm. a half a mile stretch of yeah. buildings facing each other. Um, but the way into Cabo de la Vela, which we were navigating on our own, were difficult roads. Uh, well, like the first half of it was super easy. It was just like one big long stretch. Yeah, of it was just highway. Highway that yeah. was mostly paved. Um, and then when it wasn't. It was still highway. It was dirt pave yeah. highway. Um, but then when we turned off toward Cabo de la Vela, we started running into the first YU toll stops, mm-hmm. um, which I think in retrospect was the mo- like the biggest sort of um, cultural experience we've had so far. Uh, so what happens is these kids, usually under the age of 10, pull a string 
across the road and you stop and you give them treats and they won't put the string down until you've given them stuff. Yeah. Um, in the first couple times, the first time was great. Yeah. Like, it was like this very sweet very family of all girls and they were like just delighted and like, Oh, thank you. And they ran off and you were like, Oh, that's nice. Um, and then when we got a little bit further in, a couple of things became really apparent, like the abject poverty of it and the fact that this is the toolkit these kids have been given to like get extra food. Get stuff. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there's trading and like lots of, it's like an economy built around this stuff. Yeah. And they've learned begging and fake crying and like, yeah, because the minute we realized it was fake after like one of the kids was we doing this and then. Yeah. The minute I handed him something else, he started laughing, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, you, you." No, he was good. He like, was he, so good. He was, he was so, so smart. He he ran up with a group of five or six kids, and they were like clinging on Maggie's side of the window, and he was just kind of making the sobbing noise and pointing at every single kid, like they didn't get anything. They didn't get anything. We couldn't understand the language. It it's Wayu language. Yeah. Um, but he would point to them and just be, you know kind of be like really really expressively like, oh no, oh no, they didn't get something. They didn't get something. Yeah. And it was and effective. We, I was like, oh no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Give me and so things. we would and then we would give them something and then they would run, the kid would run off and then another kid would come up and he kept going and going. And then as we were starting to be like, okay, this is getting to be like, we're, we're burning through our supplies. We're worried we're not going to make it. Yeah. We got to stop giving like six or seven things out at this one toll stop. We started pulling away. They're trying to move forward and he would start sobbing even more and more and more. And the other kids would use their, like literally they use their bodies to stop the car. They're trusting the fact that you don't want to hit them. Yeah. Which, like, obviously we don't, but that's, it made me so sad that that's right. what they've learned is, like... Well, and now, <laughs> and it was, like, Christ. it was it was a very, it was pulling on our heartstrings, like, oh, man, this, this kid's really, really upset. This is a huge problem. But then, when we finally reached the breaking point, and we're, like, okay, this is crazy, and we we're, like, move forward, the kid immediately just... A, a switch flipped and he just smiled a devilish smile at us as we were driving <laughs> devilish away. Devilish isn't fair. He just, he knew he'd he, done no, well by he his was He went from friends. like almost crying tear face to like smiling at us. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Well, he's oh. clearly, so he was A, the oldest in that yeah. group. Yeah, he was so good. he knew what he was doing. And B, that group, this particular group that was probably like the hardest and the saddest feelings that we had, um, we're right next to, there were two groups like this and they were next to the houses like with no roofs. Like the toughest, the ones where we were like, oh Jesus Christ, like it, it was for a reason. Like the, they're living in serious poverty and like. Uh, no, I'm not trying to minimize that Maggie, yeah. but that, that it was definitely not the case with the group I just described. That no, group. They were next to but one of the did you notice that all no the boys roof. were the same age? They're all hanging out at that place. That's not where their house is. Like that. Oh. That it was just a group of kids oh, that they were. Got me. Yeah. You, anyway. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like it, it was like, oh yeah. wait a minute, there. This is just a group of boys that are no. like running a pretty good game. Here. I was just too, like. But that doesn't minimize it at no. all. It's it's still true that yeah. like this is the toolkit that they've been given, and this is what works, yeah. right? And so it's kind of a. You feel complicit in it and you want to help. Yeah, because clearly you're just giving out cookies yeah, isn't, exactly. like, isn't helpful. Yeah, anyway. Um, anyway, so, so we got to Cabo de la Vela. But also we're kind of stressed out because we're like... 75% of our Yeah, we used 75% <laughs> of the supply one way there. And so we're like, oh, geez, are we going to be Christ. able to we're make it out? We're going deeper in and yeah. we're going to have to get back out. Um, and when we were there, Paula from Historical tour- Tours had called ahead and was like, listen, there's a car with California plates coming. Go help him out to one of her contacts in town. And he found us. Yeah. We, we tried to find him and we talked to the owner of the hotel who she told like, us to go to. And I yeah, have no idea what you're talking like, Do you know about. who Paula is? Do you know this company? No, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. But then later, Serge came and found us, which was great. Yeah. We were eating dinner and he just walked up and he was like, hi, I have good eyesight in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your California plates, and I'm pretty sure there's not going to be another vehicle with California plates here. So, um, are you guys trying to go to Punta Gallinas? Yeah. I was like, yes. And so, Serge helped us get sorted. Um, he helped us find another tienda to like buy some more cookies at. He had an opinion about what you should get, and he was like, don't just buy sugar, buy these cookies. Right, which was a little like, like okay. uh. uh <laughs> but, you know, that was fine. Uh, and he helped us find someone from the Alta Guajira 
tour group right he, Tobias. he he was able to ask around to his the people he knew that mm-hmm. were hanging in, out in that hotel and like who's leaving tomorrow who's going on this tour tomorrow usually there's at least one group every day and in fact there was and they and Serge hooked us up yeah. with him there were actually like I think two or three groups total leaving from Cabo de la Vela to go to Punta Gallinas but one of them was going in a boat, which is the most normal way most tourists get there. Yeah, you can shorten the amount of off-roading by about an hour and a half or two hours mm-hmm. by just driving to, I think it's, uh, I forget the name, a yeah, small city. You you drive to an, an immediate, uh, intermediate city and take a boat all mm-hmm. for the rest of the way to get to Punta Gallinas. And um, is it Punta Gallina or Punta Gallinas? I keep saying Gallinas. I've seen both. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> Gaina's just a rooster, right? Like it's because it's like a rooster head. Oh, isn't I, I think? Oh, I have no idea. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's Punta Gaina. I'm like anyway. No. Um, and most people, if they are going to drive, go in a tour group's car. So the fact that we wanted to go in our own car was uh, the cause of much consternation. Right. There was a whole vetting process. Yeah. Like they came out. <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, Serge had another partner that was one of their best drivers, he said, and he came out and looked at our car and he immediately was like, nope, you can't go. Your tire air pressure is way too low. You're going to rip your tires. And I was just like, um, we, just air them up. we have, yeah, we have an air compressor. He's like, oh, whoa, interesting. I'm like, oh, well then you're fine. <laughs> but at first he's just like, no, not at all. He can't was go. hilarious. Yeah, he and guy. I are buddies now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he got like. Basically, everyone who drives cars in that area ended up getting very curious about the car. Yeah, because it's it's capable. Yeah, but it's also super heavily loaded, and so there was a lot of debate. It's like, how is this a V six or a V eight? I was yeah. like, no, the Forerunner doesn't have a V eight uh, for this model year. I'm sure they do now because they're huge. Mm. But uh, you know, everyone had a lot of questions. But ultimately, they decided, yeah, you, this car can go. This car can make it. It did kind of crack me up the like bro talk circle that was happening by our car for like yeah. 20 minutes while they vetted the car and vetted Adam. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know about this. All right. Yeah. We'll see. So we ended up trailing, um, Tobias from Alta Guajira tours who was driving a Toyota land cruiser VX. And we ended up negotiating the price up front and the price was a third of the price that someone would pay to go on this tour as a, as a meat bag. As in, as in luggage, you know, like where they just you know, they pack you in a car with six other people and carry you around. Um, I think meat bag is a good. <laughs> yeah, it applies to being carried on a horse by uh, tourists to uh, oh, Tirana, and it yeah. applies here too, where yeah. you're just kind of like a thing that a tour uh, guide is you. hauling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we it was a third of the price. It was pretty cheap mm-hmm. and totally worth it because. There's just no way we were going to get through everything. You're going to be mad at me for bringing this up. So Serge was uh, introducing us to Tobias, Uh, who was like pretty tired and kind of cranky and wasn't super sure he wanted tourists following him and not his car. He was like, they're going to drive themselves. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, And he hadn't seen the car or anything yet. No, we swear like it's a a four by four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he... Serge points to me and she's like, and she speaks Spanish. Mm. And Adam heard that point. He's like, I, we both speak Spanish. So <laughs> he was like, mm, she speaks it better. <laughs> uh-huh. And Adam's been butthurt about it ever I, since. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's move on. So anyway. And now everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, she she speaks better. It pisses me off because <laughs> I have been trying a lot harder. You've I'm, been studying for two years with well, Duolingo. With Duolingo, it's kind of a passive and studying. reading that book. Yeah, but I haven't finished it. It's a good book though. Uh, so. Magical Magic Key, Magical's Magic Key to Spanish or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, so we arranged to leave that very next morning. Mm-hmm. We woke up and we had a, a glorious bucket shower, which really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It, it seemed really grim. I, w- I was just like, I want a shower. And, and I knew there was some preparation that needed to happen. Yeah, I didn't know the preparation was a guy is going to go get a five-gallon bucket of water and, and a, a little bowl <laughs> and put it in a dark, dark <laughs> like stall for you. Yeah, <laughs> And I was up at like five... 40 and this so is it was a shower like they completely you, dark like, in there yeah they charge you like 66 cent american cents basically yeah uh and 
in the women's one, which is closer to the toilets, it mm-hmm. smelled of sewage. Yeah. Um, but but actually, glorious <laughs> fucking shower. Yeah. It does it the trick. Turns out it doesn't really matter that much. <laughs> Once a, I felt refreshed after that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the lesson I've learned from this overlanding stuff with showers. Like, yeah, the process may suck, but still, you get the nice, clean feeling afterwards. And yeah. it's like, all ah, that matters is, like, yeah, did you rinse your body with fresh water? Yeah. You feel great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was worried, though, because I was like, oh, this, I'm I'm finding this pretty grim. I wonder what Maggie's gonna think. And Maggie came back just like whistling and you know, like pretty I was happy. Fucking delighted! <laughs> it was a great shower. Yeah. I felt awake, you know. And actually, because we had camped on the beach that night, and it was uh, nice temperature-wise. And but wind. It was a very, yeah, but very the pleasant. Wind blows kind of um, salty, sticky air onto mm. you while you're asleep, and like you know, it's fine. I I still really liked it, but I didn't realize how much of a mood elevator it would be. Doesn't matter the method. As long as you get to rinse off, yeah, great day. Yeah, I'm gonna great try to just stick to the showers every day thing. Yeah, well, we've got the thing for it. We've so. got the thing. We still haven't used it in South America, but we haven't been camping in like in. Th- usually, with a shower, we try to use that when we're in a place for two or three days at a time, and we've yeah. been on the move a lot. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So we got up. At, so we left at seven fifteen. That mm-hmm. we got some coffee, which is mandatory, them. and then we um. Oh, that coffee was really good too. Yeah. That's good. I really liked it. It's the a thing we read about in tour books that we haven't actually experienced that much. They're like, coffee here is just shots of espresso with a ton of sugar in it. Yeah. Which Adam doesn't like as much. I like I, just shots of espresso. It, I just don't want the sugar. <laughs> I know. It tastes like hummingbird food, and I love it. <laughs> Wait a minute. How how do you know what hummingbird food tastes like? Because it's just straight <laughs> sugar. That's uh, all hummingbird food is. Yeah, still. You should trust me. I'm how a scientist. <laughs> how do you know? And a zoologist. I don't think you should be eating people's hummingbird food. Hummingbirds need that. You know what? I don't tell you how to live your life. <laughs> um, so, so we, yeah, yeah. We, hit, we hit the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time that Tobias saw our car and he was like, he was a little bit put at ease, I think. Yeah, he was a little like, all right then. And then I think very quickly he, he was put at ease by the fact that I was able to keep up and not slowing him down at all. Okay, so uh, Adam's not going to say this, so I will. Everybody remarked on what a good driver Adam mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Not from there, killing it. Just f- super good at driving across crazy different terrains. Anyway, and our car did better than the tour guide's car. Yeah, there, there were some times um, where he kind of, he changed, I think he has like a locker on his front wheels. That's what he was doing when he would get out and manually flip something on his wheels. Mm. And every time he'd do that, it was because we were about to drive through really, really deep sand on the trail mm-hmm. or one time really, really deep mud. You weren't there for that. Um, but the thing I learned very, very quickly was to give him a ton of space to go through the obstacle first because Shadow caught up very, very quickly. Shadow did not have any problem with the, the sand Shadow's- or the mud that we were a goddamn through. superhero. And what I mean by that is kudos to you, dude, because uh, you prepped that car through and through, and now it makes it through yeah. some nonsense. Like, it's no big deal. Well, thank you. I, I think it's mostly it's the tires. It's We had a little bit higher clearance mm-hmm. um, that mattered for some of those really deep goalies where you could see for him almost hitting like his me rear. who didn't know what clearance meant necessarily <laughs> just means the amount of room underneath the car, which... Yeah. Like, I didn't realize. Imagine driving over giant speed bumps, for instance. If the the speed bump is tall enough that it could scrape the bottom of the car, that's where you would want, yeah, you don't have enough clearance to go over it. Or, for instance, if you're driving through a gully or, like, a a riverbed that's very, very, um, uh, what's the word? Rocky? Deep. I'm Mm. not, I don't know. Um, Where the bottom of your vehicle could scrape as you're coming out of it. Um, which was actually a thing on Tobias's vehicle. I could see him getting pretty close sometimes on yeah. his spare tire being under there. That's nice that our spare tire is not under there. And our, our rear bumper has a lot, uh, I think it's, uh, what is it, departure angle? Yeah. The departure angle is a lot more aggressive on our rear. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Boring so stuff. So he had a group, Tobias had a group of five tourists in his cars, two couples from Costa Rica and one dude from Ireland mm-hmm. who actually works for the UN. Yeah. We're going to. Co- in Colombia. Hopefully we're gonna we meet can up with work, him. It, work yeah. it out that we can interview him for this podcast because he's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So the first stop that we made, I had to pee really badly and we were just like in a flat 
part of desert. So there was just nowhere to go that was any kind of discreet. (laughs) And Tobias knew I needed to go to the bathroom. And two of the guys from the group were off taking pictures. um, And he was like, just go behind the car. And I was like, okay, okay, (laughs) go behind the car. Nobody look back here. And like literally the minute I was standing up and pulling up my pants, both guys came back and definitely saw my butt. (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> like that's not how you said it hey, that day. Nice to meet you. Here's my tea. <laughs> <laughs> I think the way you phrased it that day was that guy definitely saw me wiping my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so we had so that going for us. We were immediately all really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our first official stop was at the beach oh man that beach was amazing so there's this huge sand dune that serge told us uh the sand blows in from the sahara which doesn't seem likely that doesn't seem real yeah it what could have been Mm -hmm. if there's anything to this africa rumor about the sand is that it's the same land mass that split off from africa like however many billion years ago or whatever i don't think it's billion i don't think it's uh, I'm showing my ignorance. I thought that was such like a wistful idea or like whimsical idea. Yeah, though. but I just can't. No, it's totally, there's no way that that's true, but that's like, that's so whimsical. And he's like, so you go there and you're basically in Africa. And I was like, yeah. I don't care that that's not true. I want it to be true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was amazing. So you walk up this and you can't see the beach and you can't even hear it because the sand dune goes up so high yeah and you walk up and it feels like it's going to take forever and you're like oh my god maybe this is the sahara desert i don't know maybe i'll die here and then it like drops off into this kind of gentle sloping cliff that you can run down which adam was right that was really fun yeah Um, everyone was kind of like soft stepping directly into the water yeah and it's so cool yeah, the water is a really cool aquamarine color. It's uh, just beautiful. It's like the color of a pearl mixed with, no. <laughs> no, keep, keep going. Wait a minute, that's just white. Um, but, okay, <laughs> I'm white, so excited I'm gonna, to hear uh, how you describe colors. I'm going to try to save this. White mm. mixed in with the color of normal ocean <laughs> mixed in <laughs> with a little green. I think you're there ready you to go. start... Being a writer. Yeah. <laughs> Aquamarine, we call it. Pearl, blue, and green. It yeah. was very beautiful. And I think what gives the water the weird color is the sand, actually. Mm-hmm. The sand is a weird orangey color. Yeah, it's a different color than the rest of the sand. I guess because, because it's, it's from, from Africa. Africa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the whole thing is just really unearthly and, yeah. and bizarre. It was also my birthday. Yeah. And I have to say, that was the best way to spend my birthday ever. Because... Maggie birthdays should be more like room service and big tubs. I we, do we, like we a have big established this. Yeah. Um, but uh. <laughs> so I was a little worried because both times we've had birthdays on the road since we've left, we both have birthdays in the summer or late mm-hmm. summer. Um, and, you know, I was worried that Maggie was going to be a little sad with her birthday, but we went to this amazing place and the water temperature was so nice. It was one of the best beaches I've ever been to in my life. Yeah, and I just, had the most relaxing time. And it's also very uncrowded because yeah, only people get so there. fucking hard to get there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we talked last episode about kind of like being at the end of your rope and having what Adam calls hiyas left. No hiyas. Yeah. Having no hiyas. Um, I think I'm back back up to speed yeah you got your high yaws all five yeah and it started uh with that beach yeah yeah and then after that beach we went um to that little town a little settlement yeah and it was beautiful it was gorgeous so it was on top of a cliff um overlooking a lagoon and it was just packed with there were more like livestock or like Goats. goats goats and chicken just roaming around than people yeah um and, and I was like, why in the chicken cross the road? And Adam was like, there's no road here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so we got there. Yeah. And, and you started feeling a little sick at that point, I think. So Adam was like in a fugue state. I was sick. But it was very lovely. <laughs> I've, I've had the weirdest. It's, it's like it feels like, as we describe it, poop sick but i haven't actually had any gross poops okay my body is now just now every 
everyone knows. Yeah, we're just getting Did into it. Did you want to know about Adam's poop? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We got you covered. This is, All this and more I on the next talking, episode of Let's Not Panic. I think talking about poop is a very important part of overlanding. Okay? I mean, you're probably right. Because it's, it's, it's like a pulse on, it like, has, how are you doing? Yeah, how, has, how's, how's your has health? How's your food? How's yeah. your health? Yeah. How are you doing? And I don't know what it is. I think it might be the thing that you had. Uh, maybe it's the water. In Santa Marta. And some people's approach to these things are just, like, take antibiotics immediately. Huh. I have never had that approach, and I like to build up my resilience. So that's why I just kind of suffer through. Um, and I, I think I'm through now. Uh, it's been about three days, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit better this morning. Um, but no, yeah, no gross boobs. Just feeling, <laughs> constantly feeling like it might come out You either. know my grandparents are listening to this now, I, I right? can't. I, I got to <laughs> just say, Maggie, I got to just be me, you know? I got to... <laughs> I can't think about that. I really can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, my parents, your mom and John are listening. I, I just got anyway. you know, to be in the zone. So anyway. <laughs> I was, guys, I, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I was worried it was going to come out both ends constantly. <laughs> but it came out neither end. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I was a little bit out of it the whole yeah. day. But um, so we had like a couple hours to chill out while the other tourists took nap naps in uh, their official Alta Guajira hammocks, mm-hmm. tour group hammocks. Yep. Um, and I also saw a spot demarcated for the tour group we would had actually originally looked for. The Kai Eco Travel Group oh. had space in that. So they were supposed um, like to be there that day. Space. No, it's not that they were supposed to be there that day. I think that there's only like four tour companies that come up there. I see. And they all have a designated space. Yeah. So I was like, oh. They do exist. Um, we just didn't find them. Yep, yep. And then Tobias, my new favorite person, mm-hmm. drove us uh, to a, a few vistas. Well, during the, the time that all of the other people were sleeping, Maggie and I kind of flopped around a little bit in the shade, but then drove around a little bit on our own mm-hmm. trying to find a place to camp. Because we were like, oh, we can just sleep here in this parking lot. Weren't too excited about that Parking just because it is used pretty, uh, yeah, it's, it's all dirt, but I mean, like, it's just there wouldn't be very much privacy, and I think that's going to be a thing that we're just going to have to get used to. Sometimes we're just going to have to camp in the mattered. middle of where people are, no, 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 but in that case, the lack of privacy thing wouldn't have been a big deal because we would have been right next to the bathrooms. The problem is when the camping option is a parking lot and there's no protected place to go to the bathroom, yeah, I don't have a penis. So, so that's tough. We're talking about that this now for the first time. But Maggie, I think you're going to have to think about it like being on a road trip. Like, oh, we'll stop at a gas station, use the restroom so you won't have to use the restroom until the morning when we hit the road again. On, I in don't think that that's the way my bladder works. You never seem to pee at night. Uh, have you noticed that? Yeah, that's just because I don't want to get out of the tent. I just so like uncomfortably Just channel it. that energy. <laughs> just, just go for it. You go to the bathroom before. Just in the times that we're going to have to like find a stop. Find a place to stop and hit the road we really will early. We discuss this offline. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't find a place, um, but Tobias was like, "Listen, you guys should just camp uh, by the docks." Yeah, and it's down this little cliff, only like a twenty foot cliff, um, mm-hmm. but next to the bay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, no, it was a lagoon. Well, they called it. it. You're right. It's the bay, though. It's oh. the. A, I don't know if you looked at a map, but it's like the the whole area is around that bay where you went mm. for the flamingos that's that's a bay we basically just drove where we picked you up was down where we saw cars the day well we're, i'm jumping ahead let's yeah. talk about what we were about to do <laughs> tobias took us around yeah to a whole bunch of vista points mm-hmm. and one of the vista points overlooked the entire bay and we saw flamingos and you could see far away really really far away probably about a mile and a quarter mile and a half away a big huge flock of flamingos and I that's know. how big the flock was that you could see it from that far yeah and it was just a big pink mass in the middle of this like blue and green and like you know brown sand. Yeah. And Maggie's mom gifted us a pair of amazing binoculars mm-hmm. that I didn't know binoculars could be this good. Like could are this good at seeing far distance so clearly. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time that it like blew my mind to have them because we could go from just being like oh there's like a pink mass over there it kind of looks like flowers almost yeah to being able to just look at them and see like individual heads from yeah like a mile away it was, it was so fucking cool it was really cool and we were able to share it with everyone else in the group and yeah. you know like it was, it was great yeah um and it was at this point that we started talking about the fact that tomorrow all of the tour group would be going on a boat ride and tobias would be driving his tour vehicle 
to pick them up at a different location. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't really an option for both Maggie and I because, um, you know, someone has to drive shadow to the, to follow Mm -hmm. Tobias. But I was like, well, Maggie, you love flamingos. There's no reason for you not to get on this, this boat action. So yeah, Maggie, (laughs) Maggie decided to go on the boat tour the next morning. Um, Tobias also took us to Punta Gallinas, which was not at the beach, but it was the actual lighthouse that is the northernmost point of South America. Yeah, there's a lighthouse there. Um, and there's also all these rocks that people have stacked up. Like trail markers, but mm-hmm. really, really large trail marker right rock the, stacks. Right on the water where the water breaks, um, this little tiny quiet beach. And people have left little trinkets on some of them and things like that. Yeah, seashells yeah, and little, things. A little art installation. Yeah, kinda. and it was really cool. Like, yeah. It was very pretty and kind of surreal and... You know, when we we were there for the sunset, um, and then we went back to the little settlement, and Adam and I camped down on these docks, mm-hmm. um, but dock singular, yeah, with like three little motorboats yeah. tied to it. Um, and the coolest thing, other than the fact that it was beautiful and quiet and serene and lovely, uh, was that they were raising baby sea turtles there for release. Yeah, they had this bucket of baby turtles. Bucket is not. Three three buckets and a pool, like a little mini pool. But by the next morning, they'd all moved into the pool. Yeah, I don't know when they did that. They must have done that right in when before we woke up. Yeah, I guess so. Because there, there was someone down on the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, it was like private and lovely. They were baby fucking sea turtles. I don't know what else you could possibly need from a camp spot. Yeah, I've noticed now. Maggie really, really loves wildlife. Yes. For me, if they're not, if the wildlife can't kill you in some way, I'm not really <laughs> impressed. By seeing it, I, I like. It's not like, oh, I'm not gonna look at the flamingos. It's cool, but it's not like gonna make my day. Whereas it really makes Maggie's day. It's like, oh, sea I turtles. Think you're crazy. Just the, that the sea turtles existed was all Maggie needed. We couldn't even see they them. They were so cool. <laughs> we couldn't even see them, could see them. at night because you don't. I don't. It might just be the nesting. You don't want to mess with sea turtles with lights. It's mm-hmm. a big problem when tourists go to watch sea turtles and then you bring white headlamps and it, it, i think it disrupts the the mating or the, mm. the some some process well wouldn't it disrupt your mating if someone came <laughs> well if, with red lights apparently it's fine you can use red headlamps but i i didn't still i didn't want to shine lights on the turtles yeah. in the middle of the night so um we didn't even see them but just the fact that they were there maggie was just talking about them to everyone all night like there are sea turtles down there it's, it was very they were excited also <laughs> uh so the next morning I went with the group to go look at flamingos, and Adam followed Tobias, and they had some uh, some bro time together. Yeah, we we stopped, and he drew a map in the sand and told me all the places that we should go to get just logistics done. Like, here's where we can buy gas for you. I'm going to leave you here, but then you follow this road south, and you can find this place, and th- they have ramps that you can drive your vehicle up on, and they'll do a great job washing your car. Well, tell them why we needed uh, to wash the car. So on the way to g- pick up Maggie at the boat stop, we ended up having to drive through a pretty bad patch of mud, um, and there had been times, the, the trail situation is that there are about probably 10 different iterations of the trail that go in the general direction that we're trying to go, but... A lot of them will get muddy because just water will collect below the surface. And it's very treacherous because sometimes the mud dries on the top layer, but it's very, very wet mud underneath. Um, And so Tobias is an expert in this, and he knows the routes, and he picks the routes. And there had been times where he would drive down a way and then stop and wave me off and have me back up maybe 200, 300 yards um, because I'm in the rear, and we'll choose a different route. Well, this that happened here when we were on the way to pick up Maggie. but he he stopped, he waved me back, but then realized that backing up was going to be really treacherous because we had just gone through some windy up and down terrain and it was a little bit of mud there. Mm-hmm. And the reason he was waving me off was because he saw a huge patch of mud. Um, but we ended up just driving through and it was about 100 or 200 yards of and with a big curve in it, which is what makes it kind of tricky and difficult. Um, and so I gave him a lot of room, but I also didn't want him to get too far ahead because I wanted to see what route he chose through it. And follow him uh and i ended up catching up to him very very quickly which is not great because his car was basically spinning t- spinning tires and getting very close to getting stuck and as i got really close to him 
a huge spray of mud just completely plastered the entire front of our vehicle, which meant immediately that I could see nothing out the front wheel, uh, the front window. And I, you know, I put on the windshield wipers and I spray the the liquid as much as I can, but it's, um, it takes like 10 or 20 seconds before I even have like a little teeny view through the mud streaks and came kind of close to hitting him, but he got through, I got through. It was just another time that shadow kind of, kind of mobbed through the problem and, and, his vehicle was just getting bogged down a little bit. And I think it's it comes down to tires for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really understand the difference, but it was clear that Shadow was actually better suited. Than for all the things. Uh, yeah. So we had less air in our tires, which is, uh, they didn't seem to have that, that thought technology. Mm-hmm. Um, we were aired down to like 18 PSI when they first complained, and they're like, oh, this is not, you're going to rip your tires up. And I was like, well, okay, I, I, I can air it up. And I aired it up to 30 PSI, which is kind of middle of the road. It's mm-hmm. the reason you want it to not be low uh, tire pressure is because it's very bad gas mileage. You're, it, it takes it makes the ride more comfortable. But on highway, when you're moving at 50 or 60 miles per hour, that's just friction. Um, and it also makes the tires wear unevenly. But when you're off-road and you're moving at, fa- at fastest like 20 or 30 miles an hour over rocky terrain, um, it's actually better for the tires to be aired yeah. down. So we were aired down. That gives us more traction. I think that's part of it. But also our tires are brand new, and they're also the the tire. There's not a lot of debate. Ooh, the tire. Uh, I, I don't know. Every time I talk to somebody, like we talked to our friend Craig, who gave us so much advice ahead oh, of time. Oh, man. Yeah, and, Craig is the best. And, and he's like, what tires are you going to run them? And I said to him, because I had already done a ton of research on this, I was yeah. like, well, Hold on. I got to say, I have an opinion about this. I'm going to, like, before I even told him, so I'm like, I'm already set on this. And I was like, BFG KO2s. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the tire. It's 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 the perfect uh, tire for this situation, mm-hmm. I think. And for these types of vehicles, maybe for Toyotas, maybe it's different for different scenarios. But who knows? Um, yeah, the, the tire, I think, is the big part of it. And yeah. probably just really good driving. I'm just you saying. Were, you did so well. <laughs> yeah, it was so fine. Good. It was fine. Um, so we got through there and we, sh- we showed back up at the, the spot that we were picking up Maggie, uh, when her boat came in and mm-hmm. she immediately noticed that the car was plastered. I didn't it actually immediately like notice you brown color. Well, you can't, you arrived on the back end of it and when yeah. you walk to the front, you're like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> something changed <laughs> to the point that it would have been really hard to camp using a vehicle like that. I don't mind it being muddy like that because I think it helps us with a little bit of stealth. Like it makes it look less valuable, less noticeable. Yeah. Um, well, a little, it stands out a little when it's that dirty, but um, it would have been really hard to camp next to that vehicle and like climbing up on the vehicle is a big thing that we do yeah, a we lot for the rooftop really tent. Gross. It's just really dirty. So we had to get that cleaned. We found a place, mm-hmm. um, thanks to the logistics uh, from Toby. Mm-hmm. Um what else? We headed on the way out. Uh, it was. It's about five hours of, yeah. th- of treacherous trails. The way out went fine, yeah. and then we hit normal highway again, like paved and everything. And Shadow's wheels started acting really wonky. Uh, yeah, um, we immediately. Uh, I wanted to just stop, you know, and go back to the nearest town, and it was mm-hmm. kind of a hard choice because I don't. This is a steering problem that we had, and that's not something to mess with, Mm-mm. and. Uh, like I mentioned, I have worked on it, the steering myself and I didn't have the confidence. I still don't to know that I like everything's perfect. Everything has been flawless so far and I've had it checked out by mechanics, the things that are essential, like the brakes that I worked on mm-hmm. and the steering. But this was like, oh no, I, I, you know, I like to know what the worst case scenario yeah. is. And after doing a little research, it could have been the rack and pinion was the failing. The thing that I replaced. You can keep all the wheels from the car, but you can't. <laughs> But they'll only drive straight. Yeah. The thing that happened was um, braking at medium strength, like not normal slowdown braking, but not panic braking either where I'm skidding. But there's a lot of that braking where you just have to brake pretty fast because of all the goats in the road, all the goats and all of the speed bumps Um, coming to one of those braking pretty hard. All of a sudden, the steering wheel, the direction that straight was changed by about 15 percent it shifted about 30 degrees to the left um and that was terrifying because that obviously is a problem when the car decides that straight is now a different position on the wheel um and that freaked me out and then i I turned to maggie and i was like look at this now the wheels like cocked to the left and this is going straight what's happening here and maggie saw what i was talking about and then immediately as soon as we hit 
any speed bump after that, like we started going forward, we, we hit even just the minorest bump in the road, it shifted back to normal. And that was also freaky. And the, so after that happened, I pulled over and started researching it. And I was like, I think we need to go back to the nearest town. Decided not to do that because it was manageable. Um, it was a known quantity. And after my research, I was like, okay, this is something that it's not going to just break. Yeah. So we we kept going, and but Shadow was limping, you know, like not not necessarily. I just think it's so funny that after just like the deep sand, the mud, the rocky terrain, up and down and in and around and inside out and, you know, whatever that Shadow managed it was only once we hit like normal highway, he was like, oh God. She, she. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is, um, the the rocky terrain probably knocked whatever it was loose. And that mm. I'm guessing is what, that's what happened. Except um, the, the alignment of straight was off once I got the vehicle out of the shipping container. And I noticed mm. it and I was waiting to see when you drove and you still haven't driven here, um, but... Driving in Columbia is scary. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying. It's not. I'm not in a rush to have you drive unless we're on like a long haul. Yeah. Um. But I thought I'd wait until you drove to get your opinion, and I, cause I was pretty sure it was off from how it was in the United States. And I think something might have happened with the alignment in shipping, like the way mm-hmm. maybe they strapped the the wheels down and then the car suspension shifting left and right as the boat rocked. Yeah. Um. For three weeks, maybe that broke the the alignment. Um. But that's. That's what ended up hap- happening. So we made it all the way to Valle du Par, which is a small to medium-sized city in the bi- in this big valley between two mountain ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about a, a hundred miles south of the coast, and that's where I, you know, we we knew we would take Shadow in. So we got a hotel because that's our house, and um, I brought it first thing in the morning to a shop that I had found on this app called iOverlander which is great because it's basically GPS points that anyone can create and note like, oh, I camped at this gas station. I camped Mm -hmm. here next to this field or I went to this propane station, which we used in Santa Marta. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went to a mechanic that was listed there in Valle de Par, the city we're in. And the mechanic was great. He, he, it's weird because we went to that shop and immediately it was just like one guy was assigned to me to hang out with me and talk to me about the car and try to, he got in the car we drove around together to try to reproduce the problems mm-hmm. and he noticed he didn't notice the problems I was describing. And I kind of told him as best I could in Spanish, like it's not going to happen. We're not driving fast enough for it to, to it, for it to happen. Yeah. Um, but he was, de- he definitely noticed like, Oh, the alignment's pulling to the right. And that's something I've noticed since yeah. we got the car in Santa Marta. Yeah. And so he's like, well, he, he jacked up the, the wheels and he, he didn't see any problem. And he's like, all right, well let's get an alignment. And they, that shop didn't do an alignment. So he took me to a completely different mechanic and I was like, oh, well, are they partners with you? Like, he's like, no, we just give each other business. Um, yeah. We're like, they're kind of, they're informal partners. Yeah. And he stuck around the whole time and helped a little bit with the work. And then, you know, just talked to me and chatted with me. It seems like that's like a really common business thing. Yeah. Here, that's why I think it's so cool. Yeah. They, it's just like alliances. Yeah. Like the companies make alliances I think with each that's other. Rad, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I tried to ask him. I, I was like, is he a compañero of yours? Which means coworker, but it yeah. can also mean like partner. Yeah. And he said, no, 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 in that different company. But I was like, but you're you're here. You're giving him business. He's like, yeah, we do that for each other. Yeah. Um. So, one of the coolest things about that. So that you're was cool. Such a nerd. But one of the coolest things about mechanics in Colombia is apparently they don't care about liability and they don't care about having the customer just poking his head in and like standing under the car with everyone and even potentially helping the work. Um, so I got to be involved in the whole thing. And very quickly, they put up the car on on these mm-hmm. on the uh, hydraulic. They lifted it. They put stands under the wheels, which these stands were not... <laughs> They're like little side tables. I was like, oh, geez, this car's really heavy. And it was wobbling left and right the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, geez. Well, th- so they they lower the hydraulics, but it's so that the hydraulic lift is still only like six in- inches below the vehicle. So if it fell off the stand, it would fall into the hydraulics. Oh. Still very dangerous. But yeah. anyway, uh, they immediately found the problem, which explained all the problems we were seeing. Not only were, did we have that strange staring issue, but we were hearing a whine when we went around yeah. curves. And I was like, uh is this just road noise or is this like a wheel bearing? Yeah. And I had it in my head going into this mechanic situation that like our wheel bearings are failing, which is going to be a 500 to a thousand dollar job. And the rack and pinions failing, which is another like thousand dollar job. If we can get the parts. 
It turned out, no, just the alignment bolt that attaches to the con lower control arm was completely loose, which means that the entire range of uh, like adjustability that cars have for the wheels mm -hmm. is uh, just shifting. Like So the wheel, yeah. the left wheel was completely free to shift in that whole range. And it was defaulting to always being like pointing to the right most. But sometimes when we slammed on the brakes, we're not slammed, but like put on the brakes hard, it would shift all the way to the left most position. And then when we started driving, it would shift back to the right. So basically it, the left wheel was free to move and that's what was causing both things, the road noise and the, the poor, the, the strange steering changes. Yeah. So they and fixed that. They tightened our rack and pinion because uh, it was a little bit loose, which is another thing. They just like did that for free. Um, and then they, we got to rotate our tires, which is also great because we have a brand new spare tire on the back. Um, and it's not good to just wear four of our five tires and not get the fifth tire to have some wear and tear on it. So get to rotate it every 6,000 miles. We'll be uh, in good shape with our, our tires. This whole thing did kind of permanently damage our tires, though. Yeah. Well, because yeah. It, it put bad wear and tear on two of the tires on the front left and the back right. My um, favorite part about all of this has nothing to do with the car is that you were uh, chatting on WhatsApp with our niece, Rhea. Uh-huh. And she sent back some really cute messages. Yeah, maybe we'll try to get she, these in. So this is Adam's uh, younger sister's daughter. Loves Adam so much. Oh. It's so cute. <laughs> and so, like, he's sending her the boringest pictures in the world of, like, a car. They're under, not boring. Like, underneath the car. It's boring to Rhea. It's boring to you and you're projecting. <laughs> I think Rhea thinks it's cool. Anyway, and she was like, oh, that's cool. I sent you like a lot of emoji. <laughs> and then she wanted to know really specifically if he liked the ant emoji. Yeah. I told her I liked the spider and the monkey. Yeah. I and wish I did. Like, well, what about the ant, Uncle Adam? Yeah. What about it? <laughs> um, yeah. So Shadow's back. Mm -hmm. um, that was that. Was that. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what we've been up to the yeah. last uh, week or, or since our last episode. And now we're... Um, we're back on the road. We're going to head toward Bukaramanga. Um, but really quickly, Adam's going to tell you all about his favorite underpants company, which I also like because they keep him from being stinky. Yeah, that's been an important factor. We'd like to thank Mack Weldon for sponsoring today's show. What is Mack Weldon? Well, simple. They make great underwear, t-shirts, socks, hoodies, other men's clothing. Um, their clothes are both swanky, well-designed, and stylish. But what I really love about them is the versatility that you can find by adding a little bit of silver threading to your underwear. They have this whole line called silver threaded underwear that includes little microfibers of silver for antimicrobial purposes to help keep the smell down and keep your clothes smelling fresh. That is super valuable when you're traveling on the road. Keeping the smell down is the most essential element. That's most of what I do. I think about my mind energy is going to, how can I keep the smell down? <laughs> um, how can I be less stinky? And Mack Weldon's uh, underwear with the silver threading really, really accomplishes that. I wish that they would make even more things. And I'm, every time like I get an email from underwear? them, well, yeah, yeah, maybe. I'd, I'd like that. Yeah. Well, we're going to get, we're going to pick up a little bit more gear. Maybe they'll have a woman's line waiting in the wings um but what i really like about it is just that you can trust that that pair of underwear is going to be good for two or three days use i know that sounds gross to people if you're not actually on the road but actually if once you're, you're a on civilized the road person who changes their underpants every day not fair maggie you have you got we got our clothes washed here while we were yeah. at this hotel and maggie's underwear fits in the size of like uh, a peanut bottle like they're what? they're so small. Is there a uniform peanut bottle size I'm looking, that you're thinking of? <laughs> I just looked around the room and picked something. <laughs> oh, like less the volume of a wine bottle. Maggie's underwear fits. That's like one and a half pairs for men. So you got to get bang Not out of bang you for your buck. More briefs. I think it's time for you to start considering no. briefs. I'm a boxer brief man. And that's just you how it is. You have those Mack Weldon briefs and they're adorable. The Mack Weldon boxer briefs are very, very comfortable. No, the briefs. Boxer briefs. No, Stop Maggie ear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this ad read is about your underwear choices for me. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Mack Weldon, they make this great stuff. And also what makes it better is that they stand by their product. So they have this try on guarantee. 
you can order your first pair of underwear from them. Mm-hmm. You can try it on. You can get, you know, get in there, wear it for a few days. Just get in them. Get, you know, <laughs> make them your own. Get up and all you, in them. And even if you decide, hey, you know what? I don't like Mac Weldon, which is not going to happen. Let's be honest. But <laughs> you might you might decide that, you know, fair enough. There's no pressure. You can tell them, hey, you can tell them I didn't like it. And then you get to keep that pair and they'll give you your money back or you can send it back or you can or actually no, I don't think you can send it back. I don't think they want the pair of underwear that you, you got in there. Yeah, with. What do they do with your dirty no, pair of the, underwear? No, no, they don't do that. But they will send you a replacement pair for you to try. And if it's just a size issue or a color issue or you don't like briefs, you like boxer briefs, whatever it is. That seems wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they stand by their product. That's great. And what's more. Mac Weldon has given us a special offer for our listeners. Twenty percent off if you use the code Panic when checking out. That's P A N I C. Panic, and uh, the website to go to is MacWeldon.com. That's M A C K W E L D O N dot com, and yeah, they have great stuff. You should check it out. Check out the the shirts they have are also really really great for the same smelly purposes. Um, and uh, I haven't tried the hoodie. Maybe I'm going to pick Smelly up a hoodie. Smelly Purposes Smelly should be purposes. the name of your memoir. <laughs> 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 anyway, thank you very much to Mac Weldon for sponsoring today's show. Doo-doo-doo. Should we do our three Bs? Yes, let's do it. All right. Are you ready? I am not. Uh, yes. I can get ready. Now I'm man. ready. <laughs> I am ready now. <laughs> Pull your shit together. <laughs> it wasn't too hard to get ready. Yeah. Okay. Your choice, sir, for beautiful. Uh, beautiful. I'm going to just go with the obvious, the beach with this huge sand dune mm. that abuts right up to the beach that abuts. you could, abuts <laughs> and you can just run down this huge, like very, very soft sand dune of perfect sand into this aquamarine color water and swim in this water forever because the temperature is perfect and no one's there. There's only like mm-hmm. 10 people on this huge long stretch of amazing sand. It was beautiful. And also I took a drone uh, video there so yeah we can share that i was going to use that for the instagram post for this <sighs> okay you'll you'll have seen it if you follow us on instagram which you should um your choice maggie for beautiful i actually feel like the entire drive through the guajira region just because it was so beautiful and varied with all this desert there were salt flats there was huge patches of water there was beach there were these yu settlements it just I think it was the most rewarding part of our road trip so far. And if Tayrona made me feel like I wasn't cut out for this trip, the Guajira region really reminded me that there was a reason I decided to do this and it's pretty great. Oh. Yeah. Well, that so, was very profound. Wait for it, man. I'll be <laughs> here all week. That's not true. We're leaving. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be here in Colombia all That's week. True. That's true. Uh, bizarre. Or no, brutal. 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 <gasps> Sorry, I fucked it up. Um, brutal is a little bit of sad news for me. The I mentioned the drone flight mm-hmm. in my beautiful. I think that might be the last flight of Buddy Baggins, my drone. I I, I name I name things. I don't know if you I noticed. think the names that we've come up with for <laughs> our various inanimate objects is the like most obvious evidence to what just fucking nerds we are. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, did you think we were cool? think again (laughs) this drone is named buddy baggins buddy baggins it makes sense anyway um yeah my little buddy uh has stress fractures on the bottom of one of its engine mounts and it's pretty bad so Mm -hmm. flying it is risky because if any of the engines go out uh, motors of a drone a four quadcopter it falls immediately and crashes terribly and i like to fly over water and that would also destroy it and and also be bad for the environment yeah. You can just leave plastic bits. That's true, but we're talking about my drone. So I'm, <laughs> I can't really see past that. Um, so it could be good for a few flights, but I've already contacted DJI uh, support. They're kind of working with me. We're going to see. I tried to play the, oh, I have a podcast card. I don't think that worked. <laughs> they were like, so does fucking everyone get in line. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. So maybe we need to save like or start a save buddy baggins campaign or something like save buddy save buddy baggins um hashtag save buddy baggins nobody's ever going to use that hashtag (sighs) people love coming up with hashtags 
Yeah. And no one uses them. Anyway. But so that's a little brutal because I had been really set on doing lots of these little flights in yeah. the desolate parts of the country. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully I can get it replaced while we're in the United States. But their turnaround time on an RMA seems to be two weeks, which is about how long we're there. And um, I'm worried that it won't actually take that long. It'll take a little longer, et cetera. So we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But it's brutal because mm-hmm. it's just little cracks. But little yeah. cracks have, have grounded my drone. Maggie, your choice? For brutal. For brutal. Um, I think this isn't brutal for me. It was brutal just to witness the poverty in the YU community. Um, and one of the things that I am really sad about just for in terms of like how we interacted with all of that was we took the advice that was given to us, which was like, just get sugary treats, like get panela, get sugar, whatever. It's fine. Um, but Tobias was giving out bags of water, yeah, which I think was so much smarter. And when kids would ask us if we had water instead of food, it like just tore my heart wide open. Yeah. Maybe not instead, but yeah, exactly. We gave them food and then they're like water. Also, but like, yeah, but yeah, that's a request that's like hard to water is like, that's fucking terrible. And every time we didn't have any to give out, we have like our Nalgene bottle um, that we use for the whole trip and that's kind of it. And so it was just like, geez. So it was brutal to go through that area and realize we weren't helping as much as we could. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it just left me with a lot of feeling of like, well, what can you actually do as a tourist uh, going through a place like that? Like, we're obviously coming through with like a lot of wealth. It would have been nice, comparative, um, to do more. Yeah. And we didn't. So that made me sad and it's brutal. Yeah. That's a really good piece of advice. If you plan on doing this journey, they sell, they're everywhere in, yeah, in and it Central and South America. Yeah. Just these bags of water. Yeah. It, it takes up a lot more space than what it's well, heavier. The things that you don't want to stab, they're they're harder. It's harder to bring those, but just just go for it. Just yeah. do it. it. Just bring the little baggies of water. I'm sure you can find them in Exito or any big supermarket. Yeah. One uh, of the things that, so Connor was the um, Irish guy who works for the UN and specifically in refugee services. Uh, and at dinner we were, or breakfast, uh, you were gone actually, we were asking him what he wish he could hand out instead of cookies. Cause he was like, I don't, uh, you know, just handing out sugar doesn't really help. And we're like, well, what would you rather hand out? And he was like, bars of soap, but they wouldn't let me through with that. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. You're right. Like that's, it's a good point though. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that was my choice for brutal. Mm-hmm. And now to bizarre. <laughs> I'm just trying to segue out of that is so hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good good segue, Maggie. <clears throat> Nailed it. Um bizarre goats. <laughs> just period. <laughs> goats are weird, man. Yeah, they're weird. Their eyes. eyes. Yeah. What's with those eyes? No wonder they think the, the devil's devil. in them. Yeah. <laughs> so we when I mentioned Maggie and I were flopping around in the shade um while everyone else was doing a siesta at the hotel. They had a lot of goats, and they were just, you know, doing their goat stuff. We were watching goat TV. And they would come through with their weird eyes and, like, <laughs> grind their backs against the inside of the terrace that we were on. And then... They were scratching themselves. Yeah, they were scratching themselves. It was fun to watch. And then there was one goat that would, like, they were climbing these little short trees and trying to bite the leaves. And there was one goat that climbed a tree and, like, stubbed its foot or something on a sharp part of the tree and then was limping around, which I felt bad for. But then he was like fighting the other goats about it and like just whining a lot. <laughs> he was hilarious. Yeah. That goat was the funniest. He, was so he like mad. hurt his foot, came down from the tree, was holding it up and was like, ah, yeah. ah, <laughs> why, why? And then immediately went and picked like two different fights. Yeah. And then we saw him. Oh, he's fighting that guy. Oh, yeah. he's fighting that guy. It was like a case study in projection. So <laughs> goats are bizarre, man. Yeah. Goats are weird. I really your, like them, though. Your pick, Maggie? <sighs> flamingos. They're bizarre? They are. How did anything ever evolve to become a flamingo? <laughs> what? Is, who do they think they are? I think the idea <laughs> is to pretend like they're flowers. They're so <laughs> fucking silly with their silly legs and their bright pink faces and yeah. the silliness and the tomfoolery. What are they doing <laughs> with those necks? <laughs> if a predator comes around, they just pretend like they're flowers. Yeah, they just have like... 
think about like if anything was going to attack a flamingo like where would you attack any of the really long skinny parts <laughs> and it would be disabled yeah do yeah. they just not have natural predators what's well, the deal they can fly they yeah can, yeah the flamingos can fly so they're not so so inept as you think they're so silly yeah i really just am endlessly delighted by them and the thing is when you see them in a zoo first of all they're never usually as vibrant colored as they are in the wild like all the ones i've ever seen even at like the san diego zoo yeah are kind of like a faded pink color in the wild they're like bright fuck you pink <laughs> just the brightest pink in the world <laughs> and um and they just in the zoo too they like everything's artificial so like a flamingo kind of makes sense you're like okay whatever i'm gonna see a lot of weird shit in here you know <laughs> that's fine um but in the wild, you're like, oh, you're a real thing. You're a real thing in the world. Who the fuck let you be that thing? <laughs> what, what is that? What are you doing even? Yeah, yeah. So my choice is flamingos. They're delightful. And bizarre, apparently. And bizarre. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Not Panic. We have a picture of those flamingos on our Instagram right now. Said flamingos you have been documented. also see a picture of where we camped in uh, with the little dock. And you can see a picture of Shadow covered in mud, albeit with the uh, headlights and uh, windshield cleaned off. Yeah, that's important. Um, I also, for the first time in like a million years, which is to say like two months, wrote a blog post uh, that kind of goes... Pretty in-depth. Yeah, in-depth to our post. trip of the Guajara region. So that's at www.letsnotpanic.com under the blog tab. Uh-huh. So that's there. And you can see a lot more pictures of what we were describing, including a goat. The, the Actually, the goat we were talking about uh, eating off a tree in front yeah. of Shadow. Yeah, actually right before he hurt yeah. his foot. Yeah. This was, yeah. Yeah. was right before. <laughs> and then pictures of the sea turtles, just lots of different pictures of where we were. Yeah. Um. So that's that. Yeah. Please, if you are generous of spirit and kind of heart, review us and subscribe on iTunes. Only if you like us, though. Generous of spirit, kind of heart, and you like us. If you don't like us, you could write your review down on a piece of paper. And <laughs> write get it like a letter you're never going to send. Yeah, get it out. You know, like write a write a angry breakup letter to us. And just keep it. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> Keep you know, it secret. Keep it in. Yeah, keep, keep it, it secret. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just fold it up and keep it under your pillow. Yeah. And we don't we don't need you to post that anywhere. No. 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 It's all good. I mean, if you really wanted, you'd be welcome to send it to us on our can- contact form. If you were like, I can no longer take this bullshit. But only if you hand wrote the letter and took a picture of the, uh, the handwritten no, letter. No, don't say that. Yeah, uh, come on. I, that's, that's if you do that, hoops. if you do that, we might put it up. On the blog or something. <laughs> Just a hate letter. Yeah. Handwritten write, hate letter. Write your hate letters complaining about how I mumble all the time and how... Aww. Oh. Aww. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to talk. <laughs> My favorite was our friend Mark was talking <gasps> no, to me on no. Twitter. <laughs> Damn it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, we like the podcast. And I told Adam just that part. That wasn't the full tweet. And I was like, oh, Mark and Jamie are listening to the podcast. And Adam was like, that's because we're like fucking amazing. And then I was like, yeah. And then he said, except for when Adam mumbles. Uh, <laughs> you didn't have to tell the people that. Oh, but it made me laugh and laugh. And anyway, laugh. Maggie. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. This is what it sounds like where we are. In our car. Oh, yeah. This is uh, what it sounds like where we are in our car driving through really really rocky bumpy areas Mm -hmm. because that's a very special thing that happens in uh, an off-roading vehicle or an overlanding vehicle you have a lot of stuff a lot of rattles it's just kind of the way of life Mm -hmm. this is what it sounds like where we are